We will be starting in three, two, one. A fantastic day to all. Welcome to the Youth Advocate Podcast. Educating, advocating, and inspiring you through us, the youth. What is an advocate? An advocate is someone that changes what is to what should be. And that is through the youth of today for a sustainable tomorrow. I'm your host, Myris Fanon, the Youth Advocate. Let's empower through stories and inspiration globally, through advocacy and volunteerism, through developing each and every individual. Changing the norms, breaking the cycle, and building the culture all for sustainable development. Making our world a better place. The question that we would always ask you is this. Are you ready, youth? All right, hello to every single one of you who is listening to this podcast right now. I am extremely grateful for all the support that we have been receiving from each and every youth all over the world. Of course, we have parents, we have schools that are tuning in to another episode of the Youth Advocate Podcast. Again, I would like to thank you. And you know what? We have a very, very special guest for today. If you're a Filipino, you probably know this country very, very well. We're actually good friends with this country. There have been times where this country has been, you know, has had different stigmas on us. But, you know, at the end of the day, this country has been very, very meaningful to the Filipinos, such as myself, and has created a significant impact in our world today. But today we have someone, our fellow youth, that has done tremendous, tremendous initiatives on her country, China. So are you ready to meet our global advocate for today? Our youth advocate for today is, again, from the beautiful country of China, currently studying in the College of Foreign Languages at Fuyan, I'm not sure Fuyan Normal University. Fuyan. Okay. She is a um she always is in speaking competitions and you know he's in the she is in the translation industry and practical activities. That gives you a brief overview of who she is and what she does. She is outgoing, innovative and is willing to make a difference for the world. In fact, she will be representing China for the United Nations Youth Forum this year. Yes, she is with the same age as myself. Let's welcome the inspiring 19-year-old leader, Janning Tai. Hello. Hello, Janning. It's so nice to meet you. And finally, I can already interview someone with the same time zone as myself. No adjustment. <laughs> Hello, Maris. And do I need to have a brief introduction of myself first? or? Yeah, go. Okay, hello everyone. This is Janning Tai. I'm a sophomore in the College of Foreign Languages in Fujian Normal University, currently studying in business English. And my I have a deep interest for legal in English and international law, which is the direction I'm working towards. I like to be an international lawyer who can do my bits in cross-cultural communication and solve some disputes in um in geopolitical tensions and trading disputes among countries. Thank you. Wow, that is very brief, but very inspiring already. You know, you said that you're in the translation industry. I'd like to ask before we begin on our formal questions on what languages you speak. Uh, English and Chinese. There are a lot of types of Chinese, right? There's Mandarin. Mandarin, Mandarin. Oh, okay. 
That's nice. Yeah. We actually had classes in Mandarin before when we went to China. Um, before mm-hmm. the podcast, before we were recording, I actually was chatting to Jianning that I was in Beijing um, mm-hmm. in 2012, very long time ago. But now let's go to our first question. You know, it's really, really inspiring to become an international lawyer. Having a dad who is a lawyer myself, I know how you know, the ways and means to be a lawyer. And it's very difficult. There are a lot of concepts. There are a lot of rules and regulations to be taught. It's a it's something that you invest long-term in. So now I ask you this. I believe it's going to be related to your advocacy, knowing that advocacies, our advocacies, can be personal. So what is your advocacy? Well, as a matter of fact, I have a dad as a lawyer myself. So it's the same as you. Um, my dad is a lawyer who works in, uh, who um, does cases cross country. He's an international lawyer himself, and he he's solved many disputes with uh, among countries in China and Southern American countries and some South- Southeast Asian countries. So he's my inspiration. At and my mother, she's an English teacher in college. So I think my advocacy basically combines two of their careers into one. And and as a matter of fact, when I was very little and in before 2010, I believe, and there are many disputes and geopolitical tensions at that time. If you um, if you go watch television, you see the latest international news, you see these um, disputes and fights every day. And I I love to read when I was little, so I noticed one thing that whatever the tensions might be, the competitions have took place among countries, right? And however, who suffered are uh, the people. Like, take this for an example, like if you're having a, a trade dispute, like that was happening between China and America, um, you notice that the biggest effect happens on the people and it will have a deep impact on the economy, both domestically and internationally. And that is why I'd like to um, do my bits and develop a career that can help um, to better this situation in internationally. Um, despite the fact that I'm not sure that I'm going to enter the UN or not in the future, as a as someone who knows something about international law and legal English, I can at least be a interpreter in legal English, or I can be an international lawyer who can at least solve some problem in domestically and um, among um, organizations in the fields. All right. Thank you so much for that. So I believe whenever we talk about law, of course, justice is going to be there, like what you mentioned, justice and human rights in general. And I believe that's one of your advocacies that has sparked your interest. And, you know, our advocacies can or can't be at times in our respective careers. I know some. I actually have this co-podcaster of mine. His name is Mako. And Mm -hmm. he graduated as a nurse, but is now in the banking sector and is focused on his 11-year-old organization. So, you know, it's nice to see people, respective individuals who get to fulfill their advocacy because since advocacies are like yourself, 
um, since advocacy is our personal, it's so nice to actually have it as your full-time career. The same goes to my friend who was actually before having a job in marketing in his um, in one of the biggest banks here in the Philippines. He was actually given the chance to be the managing director of the bank's foundation. So it's really inspiring. And you know, despite you know, this, also goes to show especially now because of the current trends in our youth that, you know, unemployment is very big in our age, especially the mm -hmm. fact that what else that, you know, some of us may want are very strict. Some of us shift into different courses like myself, <laughs> you know, a shift of heart, but you know, when it's nice to see where your heart brings you in such a way, because once you really love to do it, it won't be considered work. It's going to be considered as your passion and something that. Yeah, yeah. And I believe you're having that. And so it's nice to have ins an inspiration your yourself in your family to have a role model. So, yeah, let's go on to our next question. So okay. now, maybe this can be a present or future tense question. So how do you advocate? How would you like to advocate? Maybe it can be lawmaking. It can be creating policies. And when did you start to advocate? Did you start volunteering at a young age? Were you, upon knowing that your dad was a lawyer, knowing what he was doing, was that something that sparked your interest that let you read on international policies and such? So yeah, how did you start to advocate? I actually started advocating when I was in secondary school. That means when I was like 13 or 14 or so, because I, I have to... Uh, two directions for advocating. One is translation and one is legal uh, in the legal aspect. Well, for translation, I started um, doing uh, the, I started being an assistant teacher for the summer, for a Sino-US summer camp when I was 13 and I did it for like three years. And in that summer camp, what I need to do is basically translating the, uh, translating and interpreting for the foreign teachers who cannot speak Chinese and for the for the kids who cannot understand English well. And this is the beginning of my work in the translation industry. And when I went to high school, I joined more translation courses. I become volunteers at some conferences in my province. And then when I was in college, I, I became the author of the English training manual for the 44th World Heritage Convention, uh, which were to be held in Fuzhou, but due to, the, due to COVID-19, it canceled. And I don't know whether it's gonna be put up or something, but the manual came out anyway, so it's a pity. And I became, I became a translator for the cruise dispute case in the Belt and Road, in the Belt and Road seminar about the archipelagos in uh, which took place in 2019 in also in Fujian province and and uh, scholars and um, important people come from all over the world to join this seminar and I was the the interpreter the one and only interpreter for the cruise dispute case and and I'm really proud of that because I think that seminar has and an important effect on the Belt and Road Initiative and cross-cultural communication at that time. And uh, these are basically what I'm, what my progress in the uh, in translation industry. And I like to do more because 
I'm currently studying legal English because this is a hard, this is a field that requires expertise, and it cannot be easily done when I was in senior high or before. So I'm currently working on it, and I think if I have the opportunity, I'd like to combine legal English and all those. Laws with my uh, with translation industry and actually go to um, international court or have the chance to actually have a job or or actually see it there and so I get to have a concept of what people's doing and what should be avoided about um, what I can actually do there. Wow. Okay. It led me to think about a lot of things. Thank you for that, because you know, translation、mm-hmm. isn't you know a popular advocacy as they say, but to bridge the gap, to preserve your heritage, one of which of your culture is of course your language, to translate and to bridge the gap between people who can speak in English, but but and those who can't that are only based in Mandarin and all the Chinese languages is truly inspiring in such a way. You know, it's hard for me as someone that has tried to learn Chinese and <laughs> Korean. I haven't, I haven't. You know, I can't speak it on a natural level yet. I can't、mm. even. I don't even consider myself speaking it on an intermediate level. So yeah,、um, that's truly inspiring. The fact that. You know, I I have met certain Chinese. I was in China. I went to Hong Kong. I was supposed、mm-hmm. to be in Shanghai. I've met different Chinese people, and yeah,、mm-hmm. you are very very great in English. So, because I have this kind of passion for languages,、uh, I started watching TV shows and、um, some you know animation from Japan when I was very little, and. And、uh, since I was start, I started to learn English when I was like two because my mother is an English teacher. I have this habit of of、uh, learning new things and pronouncing. So I'm currently studying Japanese and、um, Spanish myself. And yeah, I can't speak them very well actually, but I think it's it provides a direction for me, like. Learning, I think, learning language can also help an individual becomes more comprehensive and more communicative. It it helps you get to know the structure of、uh, not only the structure of the language, but also the structure of a country's and or a nation's history, and and things like that. Yeah, to be bilingual or heck, even trilingual is a skill, and it gives you. It also goes on our. On empathizing, on communicating with different individuals all over the globe. Again, if I were to ask you, if you had to choose one new language to learn, what would it be? Would it be cha- Japanese?、Mm, I learned <laughs> Japanese. I chose Japanese as my second foreign language. It's it, my, the reason why is that I started watching anime from very little, and I have. I know how to pronounce it right, and that's why I choose Japanese. But if I have another chance, I think it would be German. Yeah, because I really, and、um, I think、uh, they are a nation that、uh, they has some spirit、uh, that I respect very, very much, and I like their,、uh, I like their effort. Made in in the international society, so yeah, maybe German. Yeah, German would be great. Yeah, it's a sexy、um, tone and accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But Japanese is very amazing as well. Konnichiwa. Yeah. You see, this is the youth advocate club. This is yeah. the youth advocate podcast. We're all go- we're global. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Japanese is right. cute. Yeah. Japanese is cute. I actually have a portion of blood that's Japanese, like one eight, because wow. my grandfather. Yeah, that's why my surname Ponon. It's not traditionally Filipino, uh, so the amount of Ponon in the Philippines is very, very low. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'd like, now I'd like to ask you this. You know, knowing that China, of course, it's one of the biggest countries, one of the best countries economically, and as you know, China is China for a reason. It's 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 well aware in every single individual. I believe every single individual studying the globe or world right now cannot forget china because it's one of the it's one of the super powered nations you know and as someone that has been as uh, as someone in a developing country and as someone that has interviewed certain individuals in a in developing countries as well i guess this is actually very intriguing now because now my question is this how, what does china need right now does it still need anything? But of course, I believe everyone, every country is still developing and developed countries like China are still developing. So, but on your case, on your part, what does China need right now? I mean, looking at the Sustainable Development Goals Index, they're on, they're there, you know, the amount of jobs. And, but of course, upon reading a lot of articles, there is, you know, of course, despite us, despite China being developed, a developed country already, there is still things to be done. But on your perspective as a leader and as someone that has been translating languages and as someone that knows that is um, aspiring to know to be an international lawyer which would make me assume that you already have a grasp of the Chinese law itself what do you think does China need right now yeah there are many things I need right now because we are we we are currently developing and like like you said Every country needs something. They always, or let's put it in this way: we always want something, and and there is no there's no limitation of the this development around the globe. And uh, there are, there I think there are three things. No, two things that I want most for the future China. Uh, one is innovate this innovative spirit. Uh, I'm not saying that we are not innovative now. I think I just think we can go further in this aspect. Like we are now currently developing our core technology. We're transforming our type of industry from labor intensive industry to technology intensive industry. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not enough. We need to, um, let's just say we need to develop more of our own technology and and enhance this kind of high-tech communication with like countries like the US, like Germany, like and like uh, like those countries in the northern European. And and we need to develop our own core technology. Yeah, I just mentioned that. And like we need to have this kind of science confidence in ourselves, despite the fact that we have them. Actually, but I wanted I wanted to be more accurate because it, this is an undeniable fact that we are still learning, and 
I think those who have studied world history would know that um, China started developing since basically it started developing after the People's Republic of China has established itself in, in the 20th century. So, and at that time, um, Western countries like the US and England, they have developed to a certain degree. And we, we were catching up with them in the past century. And, and what we're trying to do is to, um, is to gain the same status in the field of technology like them or go further. So, and which means that we are going to be pioneers or um, let's just say, yeah, pioneers. And that means that we're going to develop new things and that's very different from catching up with others. And that's why I, I think China should have more of this innovative spirit. And the second thing I want for China is, I think, and also for the world is that I want them to become more communicative because though internet connects almost every corner of the world, we can now see, um, I don't know why, but people are fighting on the internet. And we are basically, they've held their view and which is shaped by their personal experiences, by their nations, by their countries, by their families, but they just lack this co comprehensive spirit for others, not only globally, but also domestically. And that's the thing I want to change. And that's why I think communication is very important. That's why I choose uh, translation industry uh, as my interest and, and I'd like to see people become more communicative, more comprehensive, and more willing to understand their own culture and express it and share it with others in a friendly way. And that's what I want. Yeah, innovation and communication. I believe, yeah. you know, China has been an example through developing countries such as the Philippines and yeah, to innovate, to continue innovating for all, already an innovative country to aspire and to have the mindset to continue innovating is something that drives sustainability to developed countries, nations such as China already. So yeah. I believe you mentioned that you authored this translation book before you've been in multiple conferences, of course, in 2020. A lot of our opportunities was canceled. I, I could yeah. have my biggest regret because of the COVID-19 pandemic was my visit to the United Nations in New York on your end. What do you think so far? Maybe you can cite a lot and you can maybe you can cite one. What is your most memorable experience so far in your career and in your passion as an advocate? Well, I think there are actually two. The one is one is my experience in the Belt and Road Initiative seminar that I mentioned just now, because it, it was basically the first time that I joined a, a conference, a seminar that's international, and there are actually so many so many important people there, and I get to know about the whole process of the conference and about the manners and certain techniques that are required in this international communication and in such a formal, a formal um, occasion. And the second is uh, my experience as a teacher in a peasant valley. That, that's 
uh, that's when I became a teacher that I use English to teach some teenagers about um, history and environmental protection and, and some knowledge about um, wildlife. Because when I became the teacher, I was sort of proud of myself, sort of arrogant at that time, because I've joined a lot of big conferences. And um, so I grew this kind of arrogant sense that I'm great about something. But, but when I became the teacher of this project, I realized that, that there are many things that I don't know. And, and it made me wonder that, when I was focusing on the big things, the big events, things, things like international tension, things like law, am I neglecting some of the basic facts in my country and among the people? Um, am I missing what the people truly wanted? So when I became the teacher, I actually had a very close chat with the teenagers there and also with other teachers and the founder of the project and I noticed many things that I have been neglecting before. Yeah, I think I became more humble after that after that event and I'm really I'm really really thankful for that for that chance for me to be able to look at things more objective. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, I do definitely agree and can relate to you as someone, you know, we've been in the United Nations, you've been in the biggest events in the world, and then but and then it, you go into a new perspective, you may be thinking at times, why am I here? I, 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 I myself can relate to that as someone that maybe it can be invited in a school where 2,000 would participate and then get invited to a talk wherein only 10 would be at Zoom. It's something, I guess it's humbling I guess that's the right word and it's something that gives us a it gives us individuals leaders a bigger perspective that what we do isn't for us in reality and you know the impact that we are able to create is really expandable and will always last but to go there out there in the grassroots communities to those rural areas to those in poverty and to those in need is something really it's really life changing especially to get to know on a personal matter yeah. one story yeah yeah, because our personality and our our recognition of ourselves are shaped through multiple dimensions, and we need to. My perspective is that we need to get to interact with as much as many people as we can to to engage ourselves in different activities so that we can shape our recognition and personality in multiple dimensionally instead of being one-sided and being one-sided is I think it's unhealthy for a personal development we yeah. need to yeah we need to engage ourselves in more activities and see more people and so that we are experienced enough to make poignant judgments when when we when important moments in our life occur though I don't know when but we need to get ready for them yeah, yeah. And again, going back to being humble, humble living does really not diminish yes. to being to being down to earth is something fulfilling at the end of the day to recognize our yeah. purpose in leading and serving and doing all these different advocacies that mm -hmm. eventually is directed to the development of our countries that is, of course, reciprocated in a macro perspective in our world. 
So now, yeah. talking about you know the world in general, before we go to our fun segment, I'd like to ask you what you want the future of the Chinese youth to be. Because at the end of the day, not a, not a lot of the youth are empowered. Not a lot of the youth are doing what we do, advocating, volunteering, being leaders in certain communities and China in general, maybe in the foreseeable future. And of course, our world to be. Well, well, I think there's there's a um, there's a saying in China that um, when the youth becomes more powerful, the nation will become more powerful. And this this saying has been used in many uh, in many uh, on many occasions. And there's also a saying that the youth equals to the nation's future. So I think. Since I answered the question, what I want China to become, what what I want for the the future China, I think that simply that can apply for this question as well. I want the Chinese to become the Chinese youth to become more innovative, to become more communicative, but and also I think everyone and the youth they are going to work in the society. And they're going to play their role in the society. And um, I think there's no need to ask every youth to become empowered because uh, not every one of them has this kind of interest. And I think basically what they can do best is to be responsible to their job and to be more communicative. And this is the key that can make the country more comprehensive and as long as a country becomes comprehensive it can embrace more possibilities and it can help a country to become more innovative so i think this this spirit and this wish helps form a virtuous circle that i want for the future uh, for both the country and the youth in the country I truly agree. It's us to create the culture. It's us to create the cycle. It's on us to ensure that we do fulfill our roles. And yes. it's through educating and communicating in general, because I, I believe one of, as someone that is in the youth development sector, one, one reason why the youth are not inspired or are not doing the job that, it, that we should be is because of course, number one, the stigma, and number two, not being educated on what their role is as active citizens with a social yes. responsibility. So that's truly, you know, that's very inspiring. And I believe if you're, again, I would always say this in the podcast, if you're someone that is looking for that answer, that is looking for that why to actually volunteer, I guess you look at the people that are in need, you look at the people that are in poverty, those who are in, um, that are endangered, and those that are in need of development and of need of help in totality. Yes. All right, yeah, yeah. that was a very deep discussion, but now let's go on to our very, very famous advocate fast talks. Again, I was, all, okay. I was always explain this fast talk. It's always used in certain TV shows, but we would use this here. Of course, advocate talks, you only get to answer one question in less than five seconds. Janning, are you ready? Oh, five seconds. Okay, I'll try. Yeah, that's why it's fast stuff. All right, game. You're a translator. <laughs> that's going to be very easy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> three, two, one, go. If you were to pick one sustainable development goal by the United Nations, what would it be? 
I think it would be to launch more innovative projects for the youth to study in. SDG nine. If you were to pick, if you were to pick one leader who inspires you, who would it be? Inspires me, um, Premier Jovenlai. Describe the youth of today in one word. Sorry, pardon. What? Describe the youth of today in one word. Hope. Name. Ah, describe your country in one word. Rising. What one characteristic does a leader need? Um, to be, well, that's really got me, um, to be communicative. All right. Name one superpower you wish you had to change the world. Time changing. All right. Okay. Again, now this leads us to our last question. It's not the fast talk okay. anymore. What is your okay. message to the youth out there? To the youth out there that are that may be burned out, that may be looking for that inspiration to continue on their respective careers, on their respective goals, on their respective advocacies, and to those who are yet to start, to those who are yet to be inspired, to be educated on our all our role as the youth in society to create positive change. What I want to speak to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my advice is that you should uh, get interactive with uh, as many new activities as you can to um, to have this to have this lust and hunger for new things and a broader platform. As long platforms really do matter, as long as you step onto a broad platform for you to see multiple things. Um, certain minds. Of you would change, and and from all the things that you can get exposed to, you can find one direction, the direction that you love and you are inspired and you have passion for, and just go for it. All right, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That was Janning Tai from China, our guest for today. Thank you so much for being an inspiration to the youth out there, to the. Millions of viewers of the youth out there that is looking for that, yes, that is continuously creating positive change to our world. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Youth Advocate Podcast. Again, make sure to check us out and like us on Facebook and all our social media channels, the Youth Advocate, and follow me at Myra Sponon, where we share inspiring content for the youth by the youth. If you would like to know more about Janet's work, we will also be linking her work down below. Continue supporting the Youth Advocate Podcast by sharing the podcast with your friends and family. If you do need a speaker for your event or if you have any questions, please feel free to contact us at info at theyouthadvocate.org. We respond to every single email and message. You can also listen to our episodes on Spotify and our major podcasting applications. As of today, we are already in 12 podcasting applications. Just type the Youth Advocate Podcast. You can actually also search it on Google and follow and be part of our global community. We also have a Facebook page where we share endeavors initiatives to our fellow youth ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode of the youth advocate podcast educating advocating and inspiring you through us the youth again i am your host Max Fana, the youth advocate. let's empower through stories and inspiration globally through advocacy and volunteerism through developing each and every one this episode, we are Janning Time. Everyone can make a difference, no matter how big or small. This podcast, the Youth Advocate Podcast, is for you and for all. 
see you in the next episode of the Youth Advocate Podcast. Thank you.